A delegation sent by the Biden administration is wrapping up its whirlwind 30-hour trip to Taiwan. The five former defense and security officials met top Taiwan officials on Wednesday for talks on regional peace. At a reception with President Tsai Ing-wen, the group reaffirmed the U.S.'s support for Taiwan and said Washington would continue to oppose unilateral change to the status quo of the strait. President Tsai said that amid the crisis in Ukraine, it was clear that democracies around the world must work together to defend their values. President Tsai Ing-wen bumps elbows with former U.S. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mike Mullen. He was there at the head of a high-profile security delegation sent by the Biden administration. Speaking at their reception, Tsai underscored the significance of the visit. At a time when the international community is firmly focused on the situation in Ukraine, President Biden has sent your delegation to Taiwan, which demonstrates the importance the U.S. places on our bilateral partnership and reflects our rock-solid ties. More importantly, your visit highlights Taiwan's role in regional and global security. The president condemned Russia's actions in Ukraine. Since conflict broke out, Taiwan has imposed economic sanctions on Russia and sent humanitarian aid to Ukraine in a show of solidarity with freedom and democracy. History teaches us that if we turn a blind eye to military aggression, we only worsen the threat to ourselves. The Ukrainian people's commitment to protect their freedom and democracy and their fearless dedication to defending their country have been met with deep empathy from the people of Taiwan, as we too stand on the front line of the battle for democracy. We come to Taiwan at a very difficult and critical moment in world history. As President Biden has said, democracy is facing sustained and alarming challenges, most recently in Ukraine. Now more than ever, democracy needs champions. Amid China's growing threat, Mullen stressed that the U.S. was committed to supporting Taiwan. We in Taiwan want the world to know that we have the determination to defend ourselves. The crisis in Ukraine has shown the world that cooperation and coordinated action among democratic countries is crucial. This delegation reflects the bipartisan nature of support for the United States' strong partnership with Taiwan. Maintaining peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait is not just a U.S. interest, but also a global one. The U.S. delegation also met Vice President Lai Ching-de. At midday, they attended a banquet hosted by Foreign Minister Joseph Wu before paying a call on Premier Su Jin-chang and Defense Minister Chiu Guo-chen. How can free democracies unite and work together so that totalitarianism and China's leadership in particular don't dare to take rash action? Taiwan called for unity among democracies as the U.S. delegation reaffirmed its support for Taiwan amid China's growing threat. The visit was a warning to Beijing to not misjudge the situation and make a move on Taiwan. Biden's delegation is scheduled to fly home later tonight. Earlier in the day, another group from the U.S. touched down on the island. This one was led by former U.S. State Secretary Mike Pompeo, who is expected to stay until March 5th. During his stay, he'll be received at the presidential office, where he'll be honored for his contributions to Taiwan-U.S. relations. The former diplomat is seen as a staunch friend to Taiwan and a key figure behind the Trump administration's arms sales to the island. 
Taiwan has not been a part of China. Former U.S. State Secretary Mike Pompeo repeatedly challenged Beijing during his term, calling into question its one China principle. During his stay in Taiwan, he will be received by President Tsai Ing-wen. She will present him with the Order of Brilliant Star with special grand cordon to honor his contributions to Taiwan-U.S. relations. If it were not for former Secretary of State Pompeo, he has always supported stronger Taiwan-U.S. ties and stronger defense support for Taiwan. With regard to the signing of various economic agreements, he has been rather instrumental. As Secretary of State, the pro-Taiwan Pompeo not only expressed his support for Taiwan's global participation, but pushed back against China's various threats against Taiwan. He facilitated the Trump administration's multiple arms sales to the island and declassified two documents on the U.S.'s security assurances to Taiwan. He lifted restrictions on the U.S.-Taiwan relationship and strongly backed Taiwan's entry to the World Health Organization as an observer. He also had a hand in Taiwan's short-lived representative office in Guyana. I believe that Biden is continuing his policies today. These policies give Taiwan an opportunity to keep walking out into the world. Since leaving office, Pompeo has continued to express his support. Last year on social media, he promoted Taiwan agriculture with a photo of himself eating dried pineapples, a gift from Taiwan's U.S. representative Xiao Bikim. Since the time of that post, he's dropped 40 kilograms due to a healthier lifestyle. He's also made frequent remarks on global platforms. He's thought to be eyeing the presidency in 2024, and his every move is being closely watched. One KMT lawmaker says his Taiwan visit drew concern from the Biden administration. Pompeo is in the vanguard of the anti-China movement. Ahead of the midterm elections, the Biden administration is afraid that he'll be a loose cannon, that he'll say something out of line. So Biden sent this other delegation here ahead of Pompeo to draw the red line. That delegation is here to say, this is our government's actual bottom line. Whether the Democrats or Republicans are in power, there has to be no change to the U.S.'s support for Taiwan. Why? Because Taiwan is the bedrock of security for the Western world and the Asia-Pacific region. In the wake of the U.S. delegation's visit, Pompeo's arrival is stoking heated debate. President Tsai Ing-wen says that she, her vice president and her premier will each donate one month's salary to relief efforts in Ukraine. She also called on DPP members, government officials and Taiwan's public to step up and help Ukraine. Let's hear from her. Vice President Lai Qingde, Premier Su Zhenchang and I will each donate one month's salary. I hope that members of the public, party colleagues and public officials as a whole will also extend their support. Show the world that Taiwan stands with Ukraine, that Taiwan stands with freedom and democracy. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and a local disaster relief foundation have set up a bank account for donations to Ukraine. Donations can be wired via ATM, bank transfers and online. The account will be active for one month. Taiwan is about to begin its reform training program for reservists. From March to September, about 15,000 men will be called up to participate. They'll spend 14 days in training as opposed to just five to seven. They'll spend more time than before on combat drills like shooting, and they'll have to complete wilderness survival training. The reform program is meant to make Taiwan's reservists a more capable and reliable force in the event of war. 
This new promo video showcases a range of advanced military weaponry. This other video takes a softer approach, highlighting the peace that's possible thanks to the troops. Starting this month, some 15,000 reservists will be called up for a new training regiment to do their part for their country. To maintain continuity, there will be no days off during the training period. There will be 10 hours of training every day, including two hours at night. The new regiment comprises 14 straight days of training at 25 camps across Taiwan, three of which are outdoors only. The program will open with legal education on day one. On days two and three, reservists will undergo drills and specialized skills, combat casualty care training and assessments. From day four to day ten, it's company-level combat readiness training. That will be followed with three days of combat readiness training at the battalion level. It'll be marching combined with combat training, shooting exercises, and drills in nighttime operations. The nighttime drills will mainly focus on shooting with designated weapons. There will also be outdoor camping training. This all makes for one cycle of training. Each military march will be at least 10 kilometers long. After the reservists report for duty, their mobile phones will be registered and taken for centralized management. The reservists will be permitted to use the phones at regular intervals at fixed locations. Besides strengthening reservist training, the MND ramped up patrol requirements for active forces last July. The goal is to familiarize troops with their surroundings to boost wartime defense capabilities. It's part of sweeping reforms to Taiwan's military training aimed at enhancing preparedness for the event of war. Hey Ken, have you ever noticed the unique sounds of Taiwan cities? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. You mean the tunes in convenience stores. Yes, and the beeps on the subway. And the sound of street vendors tempting you to buy something. I think everyone who knows and loves Taiwan notices it. Well, one Frenchman who made his home here is now making music from the sound of Taiwan. And he's attracting thousands of fans. Let's check it out. The familiar soundscape of the MRT becomes electronic music. Even that prosaic phrase, the doors will open on the left, is worked into this track composed by French electronic musician Divines. And there's more. The jingle that greets you on entering a convenience store has found a way into his music. The honking of a traditional Taiwanese ice cream vendor is an unexpected highlight in another track. I really thought that okay, I can bring something. If I put into my music some Taiwanese element, so I just try it. Okay, these people will like it actually. The first time Devines left France was to come to Taiwan in 2011. He never planned it, but somehow he's ended up staying here 10 years. A musician since childhood, he studied sound production at college, coming to Taiwan with nothing but his keyboard and beats. He started filming himself in videos promoting Taiwan, using his music and distinctive style. When the Taoyuan Airport MRT opened for a trial in 2017, he incorporated the sounds of the subway into a new track. It was a hit, racking up millions of views. I was really surprised about one thing, is all comments I get was positive. In Taiwan, it was crazy. I was even surprised about it. I, mean, I was scared to have some bad comments. I get all this in my heart. I feel really like, touching, actually. I was really touched.
has 180,000 followers on Facebook and 50,000 YouTube subscribers. This year he dropped his first album, Taiwan in the Mix. But we want to know why he left France behind and settled in Taiwan. I think there is 1,000 reasons. It would be like my friends and all people I meet here and the lifestyle. And because I have my community, so I have my fans here. And uh, so, yeah. I have almost everything here. Taiwan is certainly known as the friendly country, and for music lovers, there's a lot to explore. Whatever your own flavour, you can find a home to express yourself here in Taiwan. Consumers are being urged to use any bonus vouchers issued last fall before they expire at the end of April. Millions of stimulus vouchers were issued by eight government ministries to subsidize struggling industries. So far, most of the vouchers remain unused. Lawmakers say the vouchers were made too hard to spend as they come with too much red tape and too few participating merchants. Last year, Taiwan signed up en masse for bonus voucher lotteries. Many were delighted to strike it lucky, but to this day, more than half the vouchers remain unused. According to a lawmaker, the least used vouchers were issued by the National Development Council for, quote, local revitalization project. So far, 96% of those vouchers are unspent. Second place goes to vouchers from the Council of Indigenous Peoples, with 87% of them still unused. Sports vouchers have also been largely untouched. So far, 75% of the 2 million vouchers issued have yet to be exchanged. With the exception of the sports vouchers, all bonus vouchers expire at the end of April. About 50 to 60% of Hakka Affairs Council vouchers, travel vouchers, agriculture vouchers and arts fund vouchers have not been used. With the expiry date fast approaching, lawmakers have proposed solutions so the vouchers don't go to waste. Students and workers don't have time to go watch sports competitions on weekdays. Would it be possible to extend the expiry date, especially since the summer break is drawing closer? Perhaps we could promote all the vouchers at once by means of a package tour. We can find ways to make the vouchers easier to spend. Lawmakers say it's too hard to spend the vouchers. Some even require downloading a mobile app. Lawmakers say people need more opportunities to spend and more reminders to spend, and that the government should step up its promotional campaigns. We will visit the Tourism Bureau. Through activities like guided cycling tours, we can integrate vouchers from the Agriculture Ministry, Hakka Affairs Council and the NDC. We can link up all the vouchers using sports. The vouchers can be used at more than 800 businesses which support electronic payment. To tackle the slow uptake of the vouchers, we have launched a promotion that grants 30% cash back with your purchase. The vouchers were meant to help businesses recover from COVID, but with expiry dates approaching, the government's subsidies could end up going to waste. Taiwan says it will grant unlimited visa extensions to Ukrainians currently in the country. The concession is meant to help Ukrainian nationals who can't return home due to the war. Interior Minister Xu Guoyong said Wednesday that visa extensions will be granted on an unlimited basis. Let's hear from him. At this stage of the war in Ukraine, we must provide all manner of humanitarian assistance. Visa applications from Ukrainians residing or visiting Taiwan will be handled in accordance to the law. There will be no limit on the number of extensions given. 
This is the most important point. There will be no limit on the number of extensions, so the extension is considered indefinite. Also on Wednesday, the Interior Ministry activated a new number for its service hotline for foreign nationals. The new number, 1990, replaces a 10-digit number that was launched in 2005. Foreign nationals can now call the 1990 hotline with questions about visas, taxes, health insurance, transportation and other issues. As before, the service is available in seven languages with Chinese, English and Japanese available 24 hours a day. We now have a tip for the engaged couples out there. Did you know you can apply at the click of a button for a very special congratulatory card? This could be the perfect memento of your weddings. The sender of the card is none other than the president herself. But very few people avail themselves of the service. We caught up with a couple in Nanto who did go for the president's blessing on their special day. Every couple is looking to receive blessings on their wedding day. This happy pair were married just before Lunar New Year. The groom works at Nanto County's Gigi Township office in the Civil Affairs Department, and that's why he knew how to get this honor for the nuptials. The guests were really surprised. What they said afterward was it seemed as if we knew the president and vice president, or we had applied through some special channel. On two sheets of pink paper, large titles read Presidential Congratulatory Message and Vice Presidential Congratulatory Message. The letters wish the couple a blissful married life. At the bottom, the signatures of President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ting-de, as well as their official seals. The cards were placed on the registration table at the wedding, where visitors were bound to see it. The groom frequently promotes the public service in his work in the civil affairs department. When it was his turn to walk down the aisle, he couldn't resist. Now it's my turn to get married this year, and I thought for once I would apply for the messages from the president and vice president, partly as a memento. As it turns out, anyone can apply. You don't have to be a bigwig. Just head to the website of the presidential office, upload various pieces of evidence such as your wedding invite, and you can expect to receive a card, all free of charge. <laughs> the only thing to remember is don't leave it to the last minute. The online application must be complete at least five working days before the wedding date. You'll receive the card about one week later. So get your application in nice and early if you want to have it ready to show off on your big day. What did you do over the 228 Peace Memorial Day holiday? While Greenpeace and local volunteers visited Nantou's Renai Township to pick up trash. At the end of the day, 500 kilos of garbage were cleared from the mountains. Our very own Stephanie Yang has the story. This is the main road leading to the Nengao Traverse Trail and Lushan Mountain. The beautiful scenery here attracts many sightseers, but during the Peace Memorial Long Day holiday, Greenpeace activists and volunteers arrived at the trail ready to work. There, they found an astonishing amount of household waste and plastic waste. There's so much garbage, you can't pick it all up. 
There's so much. It's as if we jumped inside a landfill. I thought it was so strange. It was only after coming up here that I realized the scenery here is very beautiful. I started picking up garbage at 8 in the morning, and now it's 4 p.m., and I only managed to clean up a small fraction of it. Volunteers were divided into two groups to collect trash. One group climbed the mountain using ropes, collecting garbage along the way. The other group sorted the garbage and transported it down the mountain for disposal. At the end of the day, the volunteers collected a total of 500 kilograms of waste. The top three items found were plastic packaging, disposable tableware, and PET bottles. They also found cement bags, tiles, and grass fragments. The amount of garbage was much more than we imagined. We dug at one spot all day and couldn't clear all the garbage there because it was covered with vegetation, like it was rooted in the soil. The more we dug, the more garbage there was. Local indigenous peoples also joined the cleanup. One local says she believes the garbage is from tourists. It's very sad to see all this garbage. I wonder why people litter like this. The most common types of garbage I found were garbage bags, disposable tableware, wine bottles, and PET bottles. I hope tourists will stop littering. They should take the garbage with them. The trash along the mountains was hard to remove due to the steep terrain. In collaboration with academics, the local government has developed garbage maps and mobile app monitoring systems to support local cleanups. It also hopes to cooperate with schools to strengthen ecological environmental education. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tenshin Han.